<laughs> yes. Oh, where are we at? Uh, so about August the 10th through the 26th, God sent myself and Joe James uh, over to Kenya. And um, it was quite... It's quite a trip, so we've got a few slide pictures to show you. And um, and um, in uh, Luke 9, uh, verse 1, he said, Then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases and sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said, Take nothing for your journey, neither staves nor script, neither bread, neither money, Neither have two coats, and whatsoever he, house you enter in, there abide, and thence depart. And so, um, take nothing for your journey. Um, it seems like God's method of operation here is to provide for those he sends out. When he says, you go, then he provides for it. Does that make sense? And so, I could have paid for the trip out of my pocket, but it seemed like this is the way God operates. So I said, okay, God. You know, uh, you can finance this thing then because Joe approached me and he said, and um, Joe had put his name on a a uh, computer list there through Oral Roberts University, and I think that's the only one. Something like CCBM, uh, Charismatic Christian Bible Ministers, or something like that. And that was like 10 years ago. And, and one of the pastors over there just got flipping down through the computer and found Joe. And he contacted him and said, Come, come to Africa and have a revival, have a meeting. And Joe prayed about it, and God told him to go. And God told, and so he talked to me, and he said, "Why don't you pray about going to Africa?" I said, "Hey, Joe, I ain't lost nothing, no Africa, no." <laughs> and so uh, that's outside of my comfort zone, you see. And so he told me a week later, "You pray about it? no, I ain't lost nothing, no Africa, no. Have a good time, brother. I'll pray for you." <laughs> and so he said, well, I'm just asking you to pray about it. Okay, I'll pray about it. As I prayed about it, I said, hey, Lord, am I supposed to go to Africa? Okay, no answer. Thank you. I'm not going. That's okay. And about an hour later, you know how they run the ticker tape across the TV screen? Yeah. About an hour later, oh, there's ticker tape. You're going to go here, and you're going to do this, and then this is going to happen. And he laid the, laid the whole trip out in front of me. Uh-oh. Ever play tag? You're it. <laughs> well, <laughs> and so I, I told uh, you know, and, and I sought God about it. And the Lord says, "I have a specific work for you to do." You know. Now He didn't like order me to go, so I probably could have said no. But you know, when God says he, He's got something that He wants to do through you, you know, it's like, like that's it. Like I'm I'm committed to go. That's all. That's just all. And so um, we went over there, and, um, and of course, like I said, uh, I asked God to uh, provide, and many people in this church and people that I know have contributed toward that trip. And so, um, let's see. And so I have claimed God's word over over everybody that has given toward that. Luke 6, 38. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, men shall give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, 
it shall be measured to you again. And so I believe that your, um, your uh, money that you've given will be multiplied back unto you by God. And, and also, in uh, Philippians 4, uh, starting about verse 15, Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from, from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica you sent once again unto my need, uh, sent once again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire a fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound, I am full. Okay, in verse 19, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So I claim that scripture also that no matter how much or little, but my God shall supply all of your need. Everybody who's contributed, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That need may be for a child to get off, come home, or what. I don't care what the need is. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And so I, I prayed that over everybody who's uh, went. And Joe and I, Joe had a, um, the per, uh, a vision of the trip to go and impart uh, the, the anointing to those people over there. It was not just a simple go over there and have a little revival meeting in a, in a backwoods city, which we kind of did, and uh, have, get a couple people saved, a couple people healed, and then we all go home. That was not it. Uh, Joe's purpose was to impart that anointing. And, and there was five or six people that he laid hands on them and took them by the hands. And he imparted, he, God said, he said, God, the anointing that is on me, give to them. The same anointing that's on me, give to them. And so there's five or six people over there that he imparted his anointing on them. And so we're still, here's, he's still getting uh, emails today of the, the revival and the, the move of God is still going on because of that. It wasn't just a one-time thing. You know, it was an ongoing thing. And so, um, so we went over there to Kenya. We ended up at Kenya uh, and... Um, one of the probably the biggest killer of people is malaria. If you, if anybody think about going, go on your computer to malaria, and of course there'll be a screen pop up. Give me your cell phone number. Go through all that. Go through the one by the Mayo Clinic. You don't have to go through that. Go to the one sponsored by the Mayo Clinic, and they'll tell you about malaria. It's where a, a mosquito bites uh, somebody that's infected with uh, malaria, and then they go later. That mosquito goes later and bites somebody else. It's not. And uh, in its, on its stinger, there's some parasite that infects uh, some uh, non-infected person. And that's how malaria is spread. And uh, mostly people to people, but some of the monkey fam, the baboon and some of the monkey families can also carry that, that uh, parasite. And, and um, the, the symptoms of the disease are kind of like flu. You know, feeling bad and you're achy all over. And um, you get chills. And so, and it can show, can show up in 30 days, or it may be almost a year before the symptoms show up, you see, so that you get infected by, by that malaria. So um, when we was there, um, 
we had to sleep under a mosquito net, you know, every night. And I didn't like those things until I learned a little more about malaria. And I thought, I like mosquito nets now. <laughs> and so, uh, let's see. Y'all want to start that, pro- uh, that slideshow, can you? Let's see, I better go. There's Philippians. Yeah, go to the next one. That's just that's a Houston airport coming into Houston. Can y'all see? There's a Nairobi airport. Was that Nairobi? And when you guys go to Kenya, when you get to the Nairobi airport, you're gonna to have to go through customs because they'll want to know why. Why are you doing what you're doing here in this country? And that's looking up from my mosquito net at the bed, <laughs> laying on the bed. <laughs> that's just some of the downtown. There's some of the street uh, signs there in Nairobi. I thought looked like it crashed up against a curb Imperial Driving School. <laughs> that wouldn't make a good picture. <laughs> little humor there. <laughs> okay, there's some street vendors. They, I never saw a uh, Sears, J.C. Penney's, McDonald's there, but they have street vendors. And if you need a dress or a shirt made, you go up to a woman that's got one of them Treadle, trundle, treadle, uh, singer sewing machines run by foot. You know, had the foot pedal on it. And she'll make, she'll take your measurements and she'll make it for you. But there's no, give me a size such and such. That there's just not none of that. So there's, there's a lot of street vendors. You see, there's a whole, whole room there. Just, just keep rolling through those. And uh, there's some more street vendors. And they sell everything from water. I've seen some guys selling a five-gallon can of, of gasoline. So if you need some gas and you're getting low, well, you just buy a five-gallon worth of gasoline. And there's some more. That's the most modern thing. That's a supermarket, and that's the most modern thing I saw in the whole town. That's the best one in, in the end of the whole town. Now, about Africa, if you'll think uh, of a city, about 70, you know how big Amarillo or Lubbock is? You know how far out the city limit signs go? Well, imagine a place about 75% that big. You know, just 75% as big as, as the city limits of Amarillo or Lubbock, and then put a million and a half people in there. That's Africa. Yeah, just keep on flipping through those. We got too many. There's, there's an old, uh, Brush Arbor Lake tree. That tree's got a name, but I just, they got, there's a little bar underneath it, and people, people um, sit up underneath it. There's Joe, Joe James outside of our uh, motel. There's more people underneath that big tree. They used to have brush arbor meetings underneath those kind of trees. And they call those vultures. I don't know. I had about an eight-foot wingspan. They're big old. They're about as big as a, a wild turkey. They're a big bird. Nasty. Big nasty bird. <laughs> and they, there's Lake Victoria. Lake Victoria is about 400 miles long and about 250 miles across. 
And so it's the second largest um, freshwater lake in the United States, second only to Lake Superior. There's some more pictures of it. I don't know who that is. Skip over those. <laughs> okay, there's, looking out the backside of the church, there's, um, they're building a, digging a foundation for the new church. They're, they're building a new church. They should have the foundation all, all laid by now. And that, that uh, mountain-like thing in the background, it looks to me like a uh, volcano. It don't look like a mountain. It, it's really shaped like a volcano. And the local people says that when cattle or people wander out upon that thing, the mountain swallows them up because they never come back. Do you smell the enemy there? I do. So anyway, yeah, just keep going. There's a lot, of, a lot of them to say, okay, there's some more street vendors. They sell everything. So that's kind of, you can look at the houses, you know. There's inside of the church, they, uh, uh, they haul chairs in. They don't let them there because somebody might steal them and take them home. And there's those stackable uh, patio-type chairs, those uh, plastic ones. They just fill them plumb up. And that pickup there brings, after the service, they bring refreshments, and that's soda pot, usually Orange Crush or Coke, and, and their tastes different than ours. They have a lot of sugar cane over there, so I think they use it to uh, sweeten, and it's not near as sweet as ours is. And there's the t- local taxi service. If you need to go somewhere, get a motorcycle. Go on the back of a motorcycle. And uh, pregnant women don't really like that too much. <laughs> And there's Joe and there's Pastor David. Uh, Pastor David there um, was the one who got a hold of Joe. And uh, we uh, rented that little car that Pastor David drove. Now, you've got to have an international driver's license to drive over there because they drive on the wrong side of the road, like England. And they drive fast and aggressive. Yeah, just keep on going. There's, there's a lot of pictures. So, Okay, there's the bed. There's with the mosquito net. Uh, turned up. You've got to find the tail of that and pull it, you know, so they don't come down. There it is, down. And there's the Pastor David and the praise and worship team behind him. And of course, that where the roof meets, there's about a space about like that that's empty and that allows for ventilation. They don't have heating or air conditioning. Um, Homa Bay, where we're at, is about 100, more than 100. It's south of the equator, a couple hundred miles south of the equator. So the difference between winter and, and summer is only about 10 degrees or less. And it's right at 90, there's about 90 and 92 during the day and about 80 at night. You know, it cooled off to about 80 at night. But they have no air conditioning, so, you know. And there's the bishop's wife in the gold dress. We're all, they're all singing, dancing. And there's another... Picture of my mosquito net. Joe ministered to one of the girls, so she put the mosquito net out for us. It really did us a good job. And uh, there's, uh, that's Pastor, um, oh, what was this? Not Steve. Uh, maybe it was Steve. Pastor Stephen praying with some people there at uh, outside of his little church, and Joe's looking on. And instead of raking leaves, they have a stiff bristle brush, 
and they sweep them. Um, it looked like they could have thought of a lot better ways to do that, but it employs people. There's just people everywhere. And somebody, they need a job doing something, you know? So, yeah, just keep on going. So, um, there's that old brush arbor. I was really interested in uh, this, the trunk of this tree here. And there's a driveway coming up to our motel. That's up on the second store where I was out there, the, the balcony thing. And that's just an, an average old cow running wherever there's grass. And uh, the people that really uptown had a close clothesline. The rest of them just spread them out over bushes there. And uh, there's a couple of donkeys pulling. That's probably water. And um, donkeys, after they've been to some place about five or six times, you can just load them up with the water jugs. This one of those is about five gallons of water. You just swat them on the rear, and they take off. They know where to go. And they'll go down through, they'll know, go down two streets and turn left. They know exactly where they're going. And there's a woman, you know, they just uh, hoofing them right on down through there. Now, those African women, that's, that's five-gallon bucket of water, and they're carrying it on their head, but they've probably got a cell phone in their pocket. So there's contrast, the old with the, the new. You know, it's just great contrast. And there's, you see, there's nobody guiding those donkeys. They're going just right down through there, and, and uh, don't run over one of them. <laughs> yeah, well, that... You see a lot of those little two-wheel carts like that, they load up with stuff, and they don't have a donkey, some people. There's some, there's some of those green chairs, you know, those patio chairs I was talking about, stackable ones, and that's the second church, uh, Pastor Peter. We went over to Pastor Peter's church, and um, he invited us over after uh, we had the meeting at uh, the regular church. It's on a different side of town, and we went there, and, and uh, the Lord really moved. And there were Joe uh, speaking to them people. <clears throat> and the interpreter. Those people speak. Now that's, a, <laughs> that's inside the hospital. You can't really see it too much, but on this side of that suggestion box is heavy um, spider webs. Real thick spider webs. So now that's inside the hospital. That's not outside. <laughs> Oh, and there's a list of everything you can get done at the hospital. And um, from tells you how much it is. One, one stitch is this much money. and uh, Huh? Yeah, right outside the hospital. So, so you know how much the charge is. Now, if you don't pay your bill, you stay in the hospital until you can pay your bill. Explain that one. That's just the way they do it. And there Joe. Joe was pointing some of that. But, uh, well, at least yeah, you know how much it's going to cost to get in and get out. You've got to pay your way out. <laughs> there are some women. They can stack more stuff on their head than anybody I ever saw. And just walk right down through on, on real uneven ground, you know, and just never bobble. And I never saw one reach up to grab that thing to, to uh, steady it. It's going right down through there. And, and Joe said he saw one. You got a picture of one. 
that was going down through the there with a great big old thing on her head and reading a book and um, talking on a cell phone or something. Okay, there, that's the, re- the uh, reception room of the hospital. And over there on the left, those, those uh, plumbing blocks, that's, there's nothing, there's no screen over that. That's ventilation, that's open. So air just comes in, and that's myself and Pastor David there on the left. And uh, yeah, uh, praying for some, some woman, I think. Uh, okay, well, there's a girl's bathroom. <laughs> okay, that's now that's inside the hospital. This, they're just big open bays. And look at the, the iron bedsteads. Go back to what, 1920-something, long time. And so that's what the bays look like, and you see the mosquito nets up there on top. You know, they even let the mosquito nets down in the hospital at night. There's some more of those iron bedsteads. And uh, you can see the mosquito nets. Now what Joe and I would do, we, we got permission. Oh, and this is a, a bay of the hospital on the, on the left and one on the right. And between those is a little, little grass area like that. And those tubs, uh, women come out there and wash their clothes in those tubs. They just miss on a rub board, you know. And when we come, uh, before we went, I asked the pastor, I said, how about laundry? Because I was going to just take half enough shirts, you know, stuff to be there for, uh, and, and go to the laundry. Oh, laundry's 80 miles, the nearest laundry. They don't have a laundry there. I thought, what kind of deal is this? And so that's why they wash them there and rinse them, and then you can see the, the uh, clothesline there where they hang, them, hang out their clothes to dry. And like I said, clothesline is kind of a, a sign of uh, wealth. Otherwise, you put them on the barbed bar fence or the bush, the bush, any place you can where they let them dry. Okay, there's Joe with Pastor Peter's church. So some of the people came, and um, we sure had a good time. Those people love God. Whoa, they love God. And so our... Uh, he attacked me, and I had to break him to ride. You know. <laughs> okay, I think that's all. That's all of them. I think. <laughs> oh, and that's a gecko. See that lizard up there on the left? It's a gecko, G-E-C-O, and they're a lizard that can walk down that uh, those walls. I thought they had little claws on their feet could could get into uh, concrete because concrete's porous. They um, can walk on a. a a wallpapered wall, so they've got kind of like suction feet, you know, the like things on their feet. And I even seen one go up, up and was on, on a horizontal wall, and he was like, on the bottom side, was just walking down through there, and they was eating. I saw some of those lizards, and I thought, I'm going to kill that thing inside this motel, you know, until I saw they was eating those mosquitoes. And then I thought, I'm going to leave him alone. I pray that they multiply. <laughs> That's one of the boats. Um, that's that's homemade boat. They make their own boats, and we. Um, Joe's got a picture of them. There's some girls washing their clothes. You know, they're in the river, 
And that greenery, that's water hyacinth. Now, it, uh, it is not rooted down, so it just kind of floats around, just wherever. And a lot of times, first thing in the morning, it'll submerge or something. Them guys go out in their boats, and then about noon, it'll come up in the water, and they can't get through there. It'll stop up the cooling uh, stuff and the prop on them boats. And the only way to get through there is either with a, a, a big oar or one of them push sticks, you know. So, and there's one out in the water. You see, see how big his oar is? They get up to that and just kind of have to push it through that uh, water hyacinth. And there they're coming out. Those are all homemade boats. And um, um, I heard, now this is local people talk, you know, I'm not sure. They said three cities kind of dumped their sewage in there. I guess they started that hundreds of years ago, and they just never have changed it. And so the water there is polluted. And I think it's a little bit like Mother Nature, but I attribute it to God. You know, that water hyacinth are probably eating up that pollution and turning it into oxygen and stuff and living off of it. So it's really cleaning the water. Also, we got a deal from the State Department saying don't be walking on the grass like that along the water's edge and, um, because snails have got in there. And they, you know, people put a snail in their aquarium to clean it because they're good housekeepers. Well, they got a whole lot of snails there at the water's edge, but they put a parasite on the grass like the uh, cattails and stuff like that. And if you walk by that in shorts or something and it gets on your skin, then a parasite can get in through a break in the flesh and make you real bad sick. So. <laughs> I don't know if somebody's taking pictures with Joe's camera, I guess, all the time. I, that's probably. Yeah, good. Thanks. So that's about it. So. Uh, those of you, a lot of you have been to Africa, but the ones of you hadn't been, you know, maybe they'll kind of give you a little better idea about what uh, what's going on over there. And uh, when when we got over there, our schedule was we went to the hospital there. You saw that at, at admission, that well, that admission room, whatever you call that. And so we would go there at at uh, between seven and seven thirty. And the, uh, Pastor Peter, uh, Pastor uh, Ken would go with us, and they'd sing a song that everybody knew from their heart. And so we, he'd preach just two or three minutes, and then we'd go praying, praying for people. And um, we'd pray from for probably t- fifteen to fifty, you know, depend there. And then we'd go um, into the one of the bays of the hospital, and they kept all the malaria people here and all the. There's something else here, you know, they had different bays that they put them in. And you'd probably appreciate all that ventilation with no cooling because somebody had germs, you know, you kind of, the, the wind would kind of uh, keep it ventilated out of the hospital. So that was really a good thing, you know. And in the hospital, when they'd bring like food to some a person, a lot of times it was more like porridge, like um, or a cereal, hot cereal, cream of uh, rice something similar to that. And so if they was kind of sick at their stomach or they didn't feel good, you know, they didn't want to eat, they'd put it over there and the cats come in through the, the walls and the cats would eat, eat all that. And I've seen so everything, I, every animal I saw on Africa was, was trim. 
and, but those cats was fat. I, said, I thought, I ain't never seen such good fat cats. And then I found out, why? They was coming to the hospital and eating the food. <laughs> so they was well fed. <laughs> so anyway, we'd go back in, in the bay and start praying for people. We had permission. And we'd go back in the hospital and start praying for people. And uh, the first time, well, we Joe took this one, then I tell you, and we'd kind of leapfrogging over each other, was getting each, each other's way. And so after that first time, you know, we prayed for people, and then left, and then uh, church started at ten. So we'd pray in the hospital from seven thirty to almost ten. Then we'd go to church, and um, they, they'd have a three-hour song service. You know, and them boy, them girls, they were dancing around, you know, and I. I thought, God, they got all kind of energy, and I got to think, they probably walked three or four miles to church, maybe more. So all that dancing, I wasn't nothing to them. Piece of cake, man. <laughs> and so they had like a three-hour song service, and then, then they had about an hour and a half of preaching, and then about an hour to hour and a half of praying for people afterward. And so we'd go there and um, pray for between... 15 to 50 after the church service from everything that you can imagine. And um, so I prayed for one woman to come up. And I always had an interpreter with me. I, you know, I usually prayed with the bishop. Uh, and let me explain about The bishop started that church. And um, then his son, Pastor David, took it over. And he planted another church about 15 miles down the road. And he was overseeing both of them. But the bishop is pushing 70. He's, he's an older man with a lot of wisdom. And he sure has a good heart. You know, he just, you get around him, you know that you're loved, you know. And so, um, so I, a woman come up uh, when we was praying that church. And um, she said, she told the interpreter, my arm's broke, or my, my arm hurts. And he said, he come up and he, I said, what's the matter with this girl? And he said, her arm hurts. I said, her arm hurts. It's what she said. So, okay, God, here we go. Oh, Lord, give this woman healing in her arm. Wherever it hurts there, give her healing. Just simple prayer. You know, and she kind of stepped and just go the next one, you know, because you're praying for her. 15 to 50, you know, you don't have time to spend a whole lot of time with these. Well, you try and pray thoroughly, completely, but I mean, there's just so many. And so the next day, this woman, this woman come up, and she was going, just look at me, just look at me. And I said, what is it, hon? And, and she said, yesterday I come up here with a broken arm, and just look at me now, God healed me. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a few surprises Some, sometimes people were, were so modest you really couldn't get a good good fix on what's going on you know and so um, uh, probably the first yeah about the first day at church this woman brought this three week old blind baby in blind and so prayed for it and um that God would heal, heal the baby. Pastor David got a text on his cell phone that afternoon. This baby's got his eyes open and it's seeing. 
and we found out that when it was born, it had all kind of pus coming out of its eyes. And the farm, the doctor, pharmacist, doctor made a prescription. Pharmacist gave some kind of a salve put on on the eyes, and it did that. And it said, "Wasn't nothing better done run out of that?" And you know, things are getting worse. I guess it's one of those general, just one size fits all kind of salves. Maybe an antibiotic or something. But anyway, so um, that kind of kick-started the whole thing. When that the word got out, that baby got its uh, a blind baby got healed. And so, man, people started coming. And when they come, they brought their sick and, and people that needed, you know. So we, <laughs> so anyway, uh, there was never any lack for people to pray for, the, you know, any lack. Because they people, they were st- lined up everywhere. And so, like I said, from, from 7.30 in the morning till 10, we was at the hospital praying there, and then come to church after a three-hour song service. We'd pray at church, get out of there about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. We'd go, I'll have an hour, an hour and a half off, and we'd go down and eat at the motel rest just for a minute and pray about the afternoon. And afternoon, we'd go back to the hospital and pray again from fifty to from 15 to 50 or more in the hospital, just going bed to bed. And so, like I said, the first time we went to the hospital, we was kind of leapfrogging over each other. And so... Uh, then after the second time, one of us would start on the west side, the other start on the east side, say, I'll see you in the middle. And so here we go. And so a lot of things that I saw, Joe didn't. And, and a lot of things that Joe prayed for and stuff, I didn't, you know, unless we got talking about them later or something. Um, but in the hospital, um, one man was uh, loading sugar cane on a truck, and he fell off fell off the top of the truck and the truck run over him and he was over there on that wall and um, so prayed for him and the next day when we come come back to the hospital he wasn't there and so I'm sure that God healed him because if if he had still been in the hospital he'd still be right there you get a a, a bed and you know you stay stay with it and so um, uh, God did all kinds of things there. Um, was praying about the third morning. There was a young boy come up, probably 16, and he was uh, he had malaria. He was wearing a big coat, you know. And um, you say something to him, and it'd take about two or three seconds to register, you know. And it'd take about five seconds. He'd finally kind of turn to you, and then you say, well, now you kind of understand what, you said you finally realized what you said to him, okay, and and I feel to him his body temperature was probably eighty five. He was cold with a big coat on, and so his body had already started shutting down, you know, and like it's hard for him. His mental process is real slow and everything. And I found out what happened to him. They live in a town seventy miles west, well seventy miles away, and he come down with the malaria and. Um, uh, they took him to the witch doctor and had him prayed for. And I guess the reason was they're local, you know, and it wasn't nothing better. So they come. In Africa, to go 70 miles is a major major undertaking. So they brought him to the hospital. And uh, so we prayed for him and, of course, had to, you know, break witchcraft and stuff off of him, those powers first. And then prayed for him and... and um, the next day, the pastor got a message from them, 
that uh, he was restored. And like, and, um, like, he didn't have many more days to live. And it's nice to see God just snatch one up that's just fixing to fall off the edge, you know. And there was, there was just a lot of that. And so um, when we went into the malaria ward, that was a whole ward of malaria. There's, um, we prayed for a bunch of malaria people that had malaria. And on this one bed, uh, those hospital beds you saw about there, so what do you call that, twin, twin size? About twin size. You know what a hospital bed is, about, about like so. And so they had four babies crossways on one of those beds next to the oxygen machine. And they stick a tube down their, their nose, pumping oxygen into their body. And the, the mothers was there at the feet just crying out, emotional, just going berserk. They was watching their baby die. And it was not a good scene. And um, so those babies would take, was just gasp a big breath of air. And then they had time to breathe about four more, and they would gasp another breath of air, you know. And... Laying hands on those babies was like somebody took a baked potato out of the oven and put it in your hand. I mean, they was hot. Real hot. I heard that your body temperature get over 106 and it'll cause death. Well, these were hotter than that. I don't know how hot they were. And so I couldn't see the point of putting oxygen in their nose when it looked like an IV would have been a whole lot better. Uh, But maybe they didn't have the medicine. You know, maybe over there they just have penicillin or some basic uh, IV stuff. So anyway, prayed for those, and, and there was four of them laying there. And um, I prayed for first one, and I knew we wasn't making connection. It's kind of like laying your hand on a bale of wheat straw or something. It's just kind of, you're just not making connection, you know. But I prayed anyway because I did not want to be on an airplane going back to the United States thinking, what if? Oh, gee, if only, if only this would have happened, if only I would have did this. I thought, I'm going to give it my best 100%, and if that baby dies, that's just his something. And I've asked God, and so the next day, Pastor said two of them died. But I, I felt a, a connection with the other two. You know, and and I, and um, I believe they was healed. You know, and and after a while, after we was there about three or four days, we prayed for more than a hundred people every day. You know, Joe and I both did. And so the first three days, I think I pretty much remember everybody. But after that, you know, there's just so many, with so many uh, major type of diseases. There wasn't anything really very simple. Most of it was kind of heavy stuff. And um, so after about three days, I said, I asked one of the pastor, how many, how many um, people have been healed? He said, numerous. I said, give me an, a number. You know, about, about how many do you think, how many have reported back and said, you know, that, that they was healed? He said, numerous. That's all he would say. And I thought, wait a minute. King David got in trouble for numbering Israel Maybe I better stop this right now. And I said, okay, God, Lord, it's all in your hands. Whatever you want to do, just, you just be God, and I'll do my best to follow, and here we go. And so, uh, 
So one of the nurses that worked there went to Pastor David's church, so we had some inside information. And she said many people that after they was prayed for the next day went home. She said many every day. And we prayed for a lot of them before they saw the doctor or got admitted into the hospital. So God healed a lot then. And like I said, then church, um, uh, a lot of them brought people to church. And we was praying for, like I said, 15 to 50 in the morning at the hospital and 15 to 50 at, at church and 15 to 50 then the hospital that afternoon. So that each day. So our days were full. You know, we had about an hour, hour and a half in the afternoon to about 3, 3.30 in the afternoon to eat, eat a little bit and pray for, for the night, you know, hospital deal. And a lot of time we'd come in about 10 o'clock at night. So it was a full day of praying for people and stuff. And so about after about the seven, eight days, um, they was going to the t- tuberculosis ward that night. And I said, I'm sorry. I said, man, I can't even put one foot in front of another. I just got so tired. And it was mostly I got dehydrated because I was sitting there sweating all day and not drinking because the water from Lake Victoria is polluted. And so if you, if you go over there, make sure they, they boil that water for 10 minutes minimum, 10 minutes, before they use it for hot tea or hot coffee, you know. And so to kill all the stuff, and uh, I did fine with that. And I didn't have any bottled water, so I couldn't drink any. And the local people, a lot of them just drink out of the tap. Their system is used to it, and they can do that. Uh, some of them can't, but most of them can. And so, uh, so after about the oh, seven or eighth day, um, uh, Joe was on one side praying for people, and I was on the other side at, at church, at the church service. And um, this guy come up and said something. He needed prayer for something. I reached my hand around him, and I was made a mistake. I closed my eyes. And first thing I knew, he got stiff as a board. And I opened my eyes up and he's falling in the floor. You know, that'll, that'll teach you watch and pray, you know? Watch and pray. And so he fell on the floor and got to, his eyes was big as coffee cups, as saucers. And he got to roll around faster than a man can roll. And man, he is going on, oh God. Got a rodeo going on now. And so so I thank God that Pastor had some people there that wasn't their first time, you know. So we started casting out devils out of that guy and um, cast a bunch of spirits out of him and he laid over there on the floor for about 45 minutes. I thought it probably wisdom not to take my eyes off that guy, you know. So we was praying for other people. In a little bit, he jumped up and run out the door. And them guys run him down again. So he'd come back in, we cast some more spirits out of him, you know. And then you see kind of a, a peace or something just kind of come over him. It's like, you know, like the water's got still, you know. You just kind of see that. And um, we let him rest a little bit and asked him what happened. He said, he said and he, of course, when he come out of it, he said, what am, what am I doing here? How did I get here? So he, his mind was all blank even before he went there. He didn't remember any of that. And Joe went over and put his arm around his wife because his wife had her mouth hanging over. She was thinking, what is happening to my husband? Problem for this church and what's going on now? So Joe went over and was talking to her. So um, cast a bunch of spirits out of him and, and 
he told Pastor, after he realized where he's at, he said he, he imagined some, some boogers were chasing him, and he was running as fast as he could get away from something evil and just chasing him. And he fell down, and he looked up, and there was this real pretty woman. And he, she said something to him, and he said, uh, I need a Bible. You know, and she reached in her pocket something, give him a Bible. And when he reached up and grabbed that Bible and clutched it to his heart, he come come to his mind, his normal mind. And so I, I'm not. This is more than just deliverance. I think he come face to face with God the Father. Is what I think happened. Because it's more than just deliverance there. And so um, there are just so many. Um, so many things happened. <laughs> and um, down the hallways, as you go down the hallways, and there's these different wards on each left and right is different wards. Well, a calf walked down through there, and, and uh, he, he pooped on the floor, and he just walked around back there where you saw where well, this wind was washing their clothes and hanging them out. There's some green grass over there. So <laughs> I saw that in the morning. I thought, hmm, that wouldn't happen in the Western Hospital. No, no. And so... Come back that afternoon, it's still there. <laughs> and so, uh, the next morning when we come to the hospital, I thought, I wonder if the cleaning man's been by. <laughs> but it was cleaned up the next morning. But uh, So, things there are just real different. And I'm sure that the, the doctors are doing all they can with what they have available. I don't think they have available the medicine with the technology that we have. They probably have penicillin or you know, some kind of basic stuff, but I don't think they have um, uh, the stuff, the kind of medicines that we have in this country. And, um, oh, let's see. They have, some of those windows are like casement windows. You crank them open or crank them shut, but then you've got the louvers, you know, in those plumbing blocks that are just open all the time. And like I said, there was a nurse there, and she said many of the people went home after they got prayed for. Okay, there's one of the uh, girls up there was, was singing, came up after church and said uh, that we'd prayed for her the day before. And she was holding her hand on her right side about three or four inches below her waist. And she said she had a lot of pain. And, and when she came up, she just said, what can we pray for you about? Well, just, I just... I just need healing, you know, like unnamed deal or, you know, like just any healing all over. And so when she comes the next day, she was feeling down there, and I thought, this is either probably a bladder or an over problem, probably, what I was thinking. I don't know. She didn't say. And so she said, almost all the pain is gone, and God is still healing me. And sure enough, the next day she is completely free of whatever it was. So, um, gee, I think we, Joe even prayed for some teeth, I think, some teeth, that God would fill some teeth. And a woman brought um, her first fruits offering there, prayed over the first fruits offering, you know? So when we, it was not just a simple deal of praying for a few sick people. I mean, it was praying for everything that you can imagine. And uh, so, like I said, after about the first three days, I, I remember probably... I think everybody we prayed for and kind of what it was for. But after that, it was just so many. It just all run together. Um, 
and we got real tired. Like I said, that night we were supposed to go to the tuberculosis where I just couldn't hardly put one foot in front of the other. And they went outside and just spoke in because it was such a communicable, like a disease. They just spoke, in, spoke to them in, inside, the, inside the building and uh, everything. So uh, when I got me some water, I drank down about a quart of water, and I felt in about one minute I was feeling a whole lot better. So that's what it was. And they're... Um, there, like I said, they're just a couple hundred miles south of the equator, so they're in the southern hemisphere. And um, um, so this is legally their winter season that they're in now, but there's only about 10 degrees difference between winter and summer, if that much. And so uh, um, it, was, it was just real different. And, and they say that malaria is a caused by the mosquitoes, but 90% of all malaria deaths happen in Africa in their tropical and subtropical zones. Well, the reason is they don't get froze out like here, you know. Here they get froze out. So anyway, we have, there's so many things over there make you so thankful for living in this country that God has blessed. And, um, oh, and there was one man, This the nurse said that one man been in the hospital for six months, and after we've prayed for it, we went home the next day. So, how'd you like being in the hospital six months? I, I would get tired of the surroundings <laughs> in about one day, you know? I'm going through my notes here. Oh, and so the second Sunday was there um, at the church. People, the bishop said, people have come, like I said, Lake Victoria is 250 miles wide and about 400 miles long. And word had done got around to the other side of Lake Victoria. The man of God was there in Homa Bay and we was having a revival. So people come from everywhere. And then the second um, Sunday, uh, there was chairs, those patio type chairs was pushed in there as many as you can get in there. You couldn't walk, you know. And uh, there's probably 80 people standing outside that couldn't get in. They was coming from everywhere. And, and like I said, most of them that came needed a healing or needed something. And in the hospital, I've seen a lot of people with amputated off arms or legs. And, but I never saw anybody with a cast. I think probably what happens is they break an arm or a leg and think, oh, well, maybe it'll heal. And in about two weeks, decide that it's swelling up. And when they go to the hospital, probably gangrene set in. And they probably just amputated off. I never saw anybody with a cast. It was all, but I saw a whole lot of amputated off arms or legs, you know. So I don't know whether doctors just do that out of procedure. Just something's broke, we'll cut it off, or what? I don't, yeah, bring them up here. <laughs> Ross has got it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, wait a minute. And so, uh, oh, let's see. So God was good, and like I said, the 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 um, the reason we went there was to an impart an anointing, and that revival is still going on there. And um, the bishop woke up one morning and said. God told me, the Holy Ghost told me this morning that uh, y'all supposed to come back in January, you know. And that morning at, at coffee, Joe and I was sitting up there on the, on the balcony having coffee. And he said, 
I don't know, he said, but God spoke to me, woke me up about 3 o'clock this morning real early, and said uh, well, uh, that we're supposed to come back in January. And then the bishop said, God told me that y'all supposed to come back in January, and I got peace about it. <laughs> oh, boy. It was about 38 hours on an airplane getting there. And I think 34 hours coming back, either on the airplane or, or in the airport. It's uh, not easy. <laughs> so so uh, anyway, I wouldn't recommend anybody just going. You better, you better know that God's talking to you before you go. And, and there were just so many. Like I said, we prayed for everything. One woman come up, said uh, she got married. Been married two years, and she couldn't give her husband a baby. So he moved in another woman. Just, I probably shouldn't have said that. All them kids have. But, uh, um, so we prayed for her to be fertile, you know. And um, every, everything you can think of, prayed for. Everything. And, and more, more than I'd thought, more than I'd ever heard. So, whoops. So, uh, what else was it? We run into a lot of demonic problems, and like I said, there on the uh, down from that mountain, that uh, it looked to me like a volcano. And the, like I said, the local people said that if if cows or people wandered off in in the mountain, they never came back. So um, that power was broken in the name of the Lord, you know, and so. There's a lot of that stuff you had to, had to fight through a lot of demons first before you start praying. And so after we was there about seven or eight days, I just got so wore out and tired. And um, I, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I, I need to get up and pray this morning. But I just, I'm just not able. And the Lord says, okay, you come to the end of your strength from now on. The people back home that's praying for you, their prayers will be effective, you know. So that happened. So you guys all had a, that's why I wanted to do the slideshow and stuff, you guys, to let you know kind of where uh, y'all's prayers was. We sent out, but, but you know, you guys was had a lot to do with that too. It wasn't just me and Joe. So like I said, that, uh, that uh, anointing is still going on there, and, and that revival is uh, still going about the last year, I've heard prophetic people, prophets, say that a, a great revival, a move of God, was going to start in eastern central Africa. Well, that's Kenya. And so possibly it might have been, we might have been part of that. I don't know. Well, you know, only God knows. And only God knows ever, however many was actually healed, you know. I could feel either the anointing run, run down my hands or... Uh, to somebody, and I just just believe that they were healed, or sometimes just the power of God would just swoosh by me and almost knock me in the floor, you know. And so I just believe that by faith those people got healed. But a lot of them were prayed for, and you never saw them again. They they got healed and they went back home and was glad, and that's all, you know. So they probably got a lot of uh, reports since since then. So. That's pretty much it, and so I just want y'all to know that y'all, y'all was a big part of that. Yes, sir.
We enjoyed it. I lost my mind. Oh, there it is.